section eight of the countess of lowndes square and other stories this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. The Countess of Lowndes Square and Other Stories by E. F. Benson. Spook Stories. Chapter One. The Case of Frank Hampton. There was a light visible from the chinks and crevices of drawn curtains in the window of Dr. Rupert's study as I passed it on my way back from dinner one night he lived some six doors farther up the same street as i and since it had long been a frequent custom for us to smoke the go-to-bed cigarette together i rang and asked if he was at leisure his servant told me that he had already sent a message across to my house asking me to look in on him if i got home while the evening was not too far advanced for a casual conversational quarter of an hour and accordingly i took off my coat and went straight into the pleasant little front room about which hung the studious fragrance of the books that lined it from floor to ceiling arthur rupert was not alone this evening there was sitting on the near side of the fire which sparkled prosperously in this clear night of early december frost a young man whom i was sure i had never seen before as i entered he stopped in the middle of a sentence turning towards the door, and I looked on the most handsome and diabolical face that I had ever beheld. Simultaneously, Rupert got up. "'I hoped you would look in,' he said. "'Let me introduce you to my cousin, Mr. Hampton, who is spending a day or two with me. This is Mr. Archdale, Frank, of whom I was speaking just now.' As the other rose, I saw that Rupert's almost foolishly amiable fox-terrier shrank away from where she had been sitting by her master's chair, instead of giving me her accustomed and effusive greeting, and retreated into a far corner of the room, where she sat quivering with raised hackles, and with vigilant eyes full of hate and terror fixed on young Hampton. His right arm was in a sling, and he held out his left hand to me you must excuse me he said but i am only just recovering from a broken arm my cousin's dog doesn't approve of it she would like to get her teeth into it the oddest thing i ever saw archdale said rupert you know fifi's usual amiability call her frank frank hampton whistled and clicked his fingers together in an encouraging manner fifi come here fifi he said for a moment i thought that this most confiding of ladies was going to fly at him but apparently she could not find the courage for an attack and snapping and growling retreated behind the window curtains and that to me said hampton licking his lips as he spoke me who adore dogs don't you mr archdale as he said that i knew that he lied that fifi's detestation of him was met with a hatred quite as vivid but more controlled i can no more account for that conviction than for the sense of hellish evil that my first glance at him had conveyed to me 
he was quite young twenty-two or twenty-three for a guess and yet from behind the mask of that soft boyish face there looked out a spirit hard and malignant and mature an adept in terrible paths the impression was quite inexplicable but perfectly clear then looking across to rupert i saw he was watching his cousin with eager intentness i had to answer the direct question he had put to me but it required an effort to speak to him or to look at him no personally i don't care for dogs i said i rather dislike them and so enjoy a most unwelcome popularity among them fifi for instance your cousin will tell you how blind is her adoration for me see if fifi will come to you if i stand by you said hampton fifi had half emerged from her ambush behind the curtains and i called to her but she would not leave the retreat where her rage and terror had driven her she gave a little apologetic whine as if to signify that i was asking an impossible thing and beat with her stumpy tail on the carpet now go back to your chair again frank said rupert fifi needed no further invitation when he had left my neighbourhood she bundled herself across the room to me her thin white body curled like a comma wriggling with delight and making incomprehensible little explanations of her previous conduct but the moment that hampton moved in his chair she bolted away from me again he laughed and got up well i think i shall go to bed now that you have come to keep arthur company he said by the way where's your cat arthur i haven't seen her about all day he was facing sideways to rupert as he spoke and i noticed that he did not turn his head towards him this gave a certain casual cursory tone to his question making it appear a mere careless inquiry i haven't seen her either said rupert perhaps after taking counsel with fifi she has thought it prudent to fly from your baleful presence good-night frank can you manage for yourself with your bandaged arm or shall i come and help you oh i'm all right thanks he said good-night a kind good-night fifi we shall be good friends before long arthur rupert had retired some two years before from regular medical practice in which as all the world knows he was undoubtedly the first authority on disease and aberrations of the brain and nervous system devoting his attention more particularly to those riddles of obscure and baffling disorders to which he so often supplied strange and correct answers he was possessed of an ample competence and so finding that his large professional practice did not permit him the leisure which was necessary for these exploratory studies he had though always willing to be consulted by his colleagues thrown up an active career for one of research he wanted to learn rather than to practice and without precisely mistrusting the methods which had earned him so brilliant a success had inferred the presence of huge fields of the unknown huge expanses of further possibilities which would perhaps put utterly out of date the most advanced of theories and treatments hitherto recognized in his profession at the time of his retirement he had once talked to me about the uncharted seas onto which he proposed to push forth the most advanced of actual practitioners 
he said are but groping in the dark on the threshold of real knowledge feeling for the handle fumbling for the bell at the most that is to say in cases of brain disease and nerve disorder we try to get at the mind of the patient and influence that so that it not we may exert its healing power and cure the imperfect functioning of the material part of course that is a tremendous step forward when we look at what medical science was twenty years ago when doctors prescribed tonics tonics to heal the physical damage caused by a disordered mind but mind itself is but a very subordinate denizen in that house of mystery which we call man mind is no more than the servant who comes to the door and takes your hat and coat and tells you in a word or two how the patient has been mind is not the master of the house whom you have really come to see and who sits there alone mortally sick perhaps and in terror and darkness for the master of the house is the spirit we have got to examine him before we can touch the source of these diseases for the farther that science advances the more certain it is that there is a master sitting within to whom the mind is only the servant as for the body the tissues the nerves the grey matter what shall we say that is why it's no more than the servant's clothes his jacket or his boots i'm not going to stay talking in the hall to mind the servant any longer i shall leave him there and go straight up to the sick chamber i shall be called all sorts of names charlatan spiritualist what you will but i don't care two straws about that besides i know quite well that my colleagues will still be glad to call me in when they are puzzled and i hope to be better equipped to help them i won't reject any jungle path without exploring it not witchcraft nor demoniacal possession nor all the myths which science thinks she has exploded in its first origin everything must be spiritual be it comet or toothache or genius just as mental suggestion has taken the place of tonics so must spiritual healing take the place of mental suggestion the spirit is the original manifestation of god in man and it is on prayer and on faith that the whole science of healing will some day rest but first we have to investigate the conditions the environment the life for these two years then which had followed his retirement rupert had given himself to these studies of occult and spiritual influences learning about the healing powers contained in mental suggestion and trying to get behind that into the more elemental and essential mysteries of man leaving the servant as he had said in the hall of the house while he went further into the presence of the master of the house often during these go-to-bed cigarettes that multiplied themselves into the night he told me tales that did not make going to sleep any easier nothing was too extravagant for his investigations witchcraft spiritualism satanism the healing touch and above all demoniacal possession were the subjects of this study that went deeper into the human organism than mind there was no myth or exploded superstition that he did not examine to see whether the explosion had been complete and shattering or whether among the debris there did not remain some grains of solid stuff that were still solid though science had affirmed that a puff of scattered smoke was all that was extant 
consequently this evening when frank hampton had gone to bed i was quite prepared to find that rupert had something to tell some guess to hazard that had illumined his inquiries the more so indeed because i had not seen him for some dozen nights did you receive the message i left at your house he asked abruptly as the door closed behind his cousin no i haven't been home but your servant told me you had asked me to come in said i yes i did you have done just what i wanted in my note i asked you to come in and observe my cousin and tell me your impression i saw you couldn't help observing him so now let us have the impression quite frankly all i said of course i never saw any one so utterly terrible i said terrible exactly how he asked the very intensity of my feeling about hampton blurred the outline of it and i paused trying to put a definite shape to it incomparably terrible i said murderous i think murderous for the fun of it i felt like fifi i saw you did he said and i suspect you are right you and fifi he walked up and down the room once or twice then sat down with the air of settling himself did you hear him ask about my cat he said he killed her last night he buried her in the garden there was a grotesqueness a ludicrousness even in this after the talk of murder but that only added horror to it what do you mean i asked precisely what i say it so happened that i slept very badly last night because as a matter of fact i was thinking about frank and wondering if i was on the horrible track which would show me what ailed him about three in the morning i heard the door into the garden being opened the window of my bedroom which was open is just above it the idea of burglars occurred to me and without turning on my light i went and looked out there was bright clear starlight and i saw frank come out of the house carrying something white in his arm he put it down to fetch a spade from the tool-house and i saw what it was he dug up a couple of plants with lumps of soil round their roots working slowly for he could only use one arm he buried the cat in the excavation and very carefully replanted the michaelmas daisies over it then more terribly yet he knelt down by the grave and i could hear him sobbing sobbing i asked yes what he said to-night is or was perfectly true he used to be devoted to dogs and indeed all animals especially cats now last night out in the garden he was in his dressing-gown when he came down to breakfast this morning he said his nose had been bleeding rather severely he was uneasy about it and i went up to his bedroom and found a good deal of blood in his slop-pail his dressing-gown was lying on his bed and there too was more blood and a quantity of cat's hairs i told him not to think about it any more there was nothing in the least alarming and when he had gone out in order to make quite sure i dug up the michaelmas daisies for the second time below i found the body of my poor cat he had cut its throat he would kill fifi if he could he is longing to 
but the fellow is a fiend said i for the present he is a fiend or something very like it he used not to be until the day on which he broke his arm pray god he will cease being what he is till the day he broke his arm i asked yes now do you want to hear the wildest and most extravagant tale which i believe to be literally and awfully true concerning this i asked of course also are you disposed to sit up late to-night there may be some confirmatory evidence about my story i expect reed the medium here at twelve there is time for me to give you my theory before he comes till any hour said i good then listen he spoke slowly putting his hands over his eyes as he so often does when he wants to shut out all external disturbances and concentrate himself on the history of a case two months ago he said as you may possibly remember a man called james rolls was hanged at beltonborough for the most atrocious murder of his wife the deed apparently was quite objectless there had been no quarrel and after it was done he seemed sometimes to be distressed at the crime sobbing and crying sometimes to gloat over it recounting it with gusto there was no question whatever about his guilt only about his sanity and with regard to that these fits of remorse and enjoyment might be assumed in order to produce the impression that he was not accountable for his actions he was examined by a government expert who asked me to come down with him and form my conclusion we could neither of us find any other symptom of insanity about him but there was a certain conjecture in my head about what he called the history of the case and i stopped down at beltonborough for a day or two in order to make further observations as i was having an interview with him i suddenly asked him this question did you begin by killing flies usually he was rather sullen and silent and often would not answer but when i asked him this his eye brightened and he said yes flies first and then cats and dogs after that i could get nothing further out of him but i had got what i was expected to get in all other respects he was as far as i could judge perfectly sane and it was scarcely possible to call him a homicidal maniac for he had never before shown signs of wanting to take human life as it was he had committed an atrocious murder and had he been shut up as a homicidal maniac i do not think there is any doubt that by this time he would have killed a warder now now no man in a fit of rage is altogether sane and yet we do not commute the sentence of those who have killed another when beside themselves with passion and james rolls had not even that extenuation he was hanged but i feel convinced that frank is suffering from an early stage of james rolls's malady i feel convinced also that the hanging of james rolls infected him with it the hanging of james rolls caused it i asked i do not doubt it as you will see when i state my theory 
but i hope to prove that my theory is correct and i hope to cure my cousin rupert sat up and looked at me while he said this then he sank back in his chair again and as before covered his eyes with his hands now for the theory he said there is a very steep hill in Beltonboro, with a sharp dangerous corner just outside the prison gate practically at the moment when james rolls was being taken to the scaffold frank came tearing down this hill on his bicycle to catch an early train to town he skidded and fell just outside the prison and sustained compound fracture of his right arm it was important that he should be moved as little as possible and they carried him straight into the prison infirmary where chloroform was administered and the prison surgeon set his arm it was a very bad fracture and he was under the anaesthetic for a considerable time and when he came round he was changed it seemed as if another spirit had taken possession of his body he was not the same person from being a charming boy he had become something hellish rupert sat up again and looked at me there is a theory he said that in certain conditions such as deep mesmeric trends or under the stupefaction of some complete anaesthetic the bonds that seem so indissolubly to unite a man's spirit to his mind and his body are strangely loosened the condition approaches to that of temporary death often under an anaesthetic the beat of the heart is nearly suspended often the breathing is nearly suspended and this happened to frank under chloroform that morning the connection between his spirit and his body was loosened there is another theory which you must consider also it is proved i think beyond all doubt that at the moment of death particularly of sudden and violent death the spirit though severed from the body which it has inhabited does not at once leave its vicinity but remains hovering near to its discarded tenement from which it has been expelled well at that hour when frank's spirit was maintaining but a relaxed hold on his body another spirit violent and strong was close at hand a spirit that had just been disembodied and i believe the spirit of james rolls entered and took possession i felt then what i have felt before and since namely some stir of horror in my head that made my hair move you can often see it in dogs i had seen it to-night in fifi when terror or rage erects their hackles but the experience was only momentary and the flame of this thing its awful and burning quality licked hotly round me and how is reed to help i asked he may be able to test for us part at any rate of my theory said rupert he is an extraordinarily powerful medium in the way of producing materialized forms of spirits and i believe him to be honest and high-minded now if frank's body is possessed by this murderous spirit it is at least possible that frank's own spirit now unhoused and evicted will be hovering near its rightful habitation we will ask if the spirit of frank hampton is here we will ask if it can assume material form 
if reed can produce this materialization it will doubtless wear the appearance of frank we will try anyhow ah no doubt that is reed a very gentle tapping sounded on the front door just outside the room and rupert got up i told reed not to ring he said for fear that frank should hear i will let him in he left the room and in another moment came back with the medium a small perfectly commonplace-looking man smug and prosperous that i met his eyes and thought him commonplace no longer they seemed to look out and through and beyond in a few minutes rupert who had often sat with reed before explained what was wanted he told him that he wished to know if the spirit of frank hampton was about and if so whether we could communicate with it or see it that was all reed asked only one question has frank hampton's spirit been long out of his body he said rupert hesitated for a moment i believe it to have been out of his body for about two months he answered the electric light was put out but the glow from the fire was bright enough to make a red twilight in the room i could clearly see the profile of the medium black against that illumination the back of the chair in which he sat the full face of rupert glints of reflected light on the glass of pictures and with perfect distinctness fifi who had curled herself up on the hearth-rug almost immediately the medium went into trance and i saw his head bowed over his chest and heard his breathing which had been short and panting as he passed into unconsciousness grow quiet again how long we sat there in silence without anything supernormal occurring i do not know but it appeared to me not to be many minutes before a very loud rap sounded from the table which began to quiver under our hands then rupert asked is the spirit of frank hampton here there was the assent of three raps shall we be able to see you he asked there were two raps and after a pause a third again we sat in silence this time for a much longer period and i think the clock on the mantelpiece twice chimed the quarter hour then from the direction of the door there blew across the room a very cold current of air and the curtains in the window stirred with it fifi i imagine felt it too for she sat up sneezed and drew herself a little nearer to the fire simultaneously i was inwardly aware that there was something somebody in the room which had not been there before it had not entered through the door for when the current of the air began to blow i looked at it and certainly it had not opened then rupert whispered look it is coming the medium's head had fallen back and over his chest in the region of the heart there appeared a faint luminous area inside which there was going on some energy some activity whirls and spirals of grey curling and intertwining and growing thicker and extending began building themselves up in the air for some little while i could not make out what it was that was thus taking shape in the red twilight 
then as the materialization progressed it defined itself into a human form swathed in some misty and opaque vesture at the top above shoulders now quite formed there rose the outline of a head features growing every moment more distinct fashioned the face of it and pallid and silent fading into darkness below stood the head and torso of a human being the face was clearly recognizable it was scarce an hour since i had looked on those features but it wore so heart-broken an anguish in the curves of that beautiful mouth and in the tortured eyes that my throat worked for very pity and compassion then rupert spoke frank he said the head bowed the lips moved but i heard nothing why are you not in your body he asked this time there came a whisper just audible i can't i can't he said someone is there someone terrible for god's sake help me the white agonized face grew more convulsed i can't bear it it said for god's sake for god's sake i looked away from that face for a moment to the hearth-rug where a sudden noise attracted my attention fifi was sitting bolt upright looking eagerly upwards and the noise i heard was the pleased thumping of her tail then she came cautiously forward still gazing at the image which an hour before had driven her frenzied with rage and terror uttering little anxious whinings seeking attention finally she held out a paw and gave the short whisper of a bark with which she demands the notice of her favourites and if i had been inclined to doubt before i think that i would now have been convinced that here in some inscrutable manifestation was the true frank hampton once more rupert spoke i will do all that man can do frank he said and by god's grace we will restore you the figure slowly faded some of it seemed withdrawn back into the medium some to be dispersed in the dusk before long reed's breath again grew quick and laboured as he passed out of trance and then drenched with sweat he came to himself rupert told him that the seance had been successful and then turning on the light again we all sat still while the medium recovered from his exhaustion before he left rupert engaged him to hold himself in readiness for a further seance next day in case he was telephoned for and when he had gone we drew up our chairs to the fire while fifi went nosing about the room as if searching for traces of a friend for a long time rupert sat in silence frowning heavily at the fire asking me some question from time to time to satisfy himself that our impressions had been identical then he appeared to make up his mind i shall do it he said at least i shall make the attempt that was frank whom we saw just now up to that point my theory is confirmed of course there's a risk there's an awful risk but archdale wouldn't anybody take any risk to cure the anguish we looked upon 
that was a human spirit man disembodied but not dead and it knows that its earthly habitation is being defiled and profaned by that murderous occupant it sees the horrors that its own hands work the brain that was its pleasant servant is planning worse things yet i can't doubt that this is so no reasonable man can doubt so incredible and so damnable a thing but if the struggle that there must be is too much for the body that we seek to free good lord what a tale for a coroner's inquest you mean that you risk your cousin's death i asked necessarily who can tell what will happen but that is not all for of what nature is the spirit which we hope to expel from that poor lad's body a strong and a desperate one or it could never have taken possession of it it will cling with all its force to the tenement which it has usurped and if we drive it out if god helps us to do that what awful and evil power will once more be abroad but we can't help that there is holy justice and reparation to be done and we can't count the cost now let me think again he got up and began pacing up and down the room now muttering to himself now speaking aloud as if in argument with me it's a terrible risk for reed too he said for reed most of all for he will be in deep trance such power of faith as we can exert must defend him first of all yet we can't get at rolls i tell you without the medium i must of course tell reed everything and ask him if he will take the risk he may refuse though i don't think he will for there's the courage of a saint in that man then there's frank frank's body i mean that must be absolutely unconscious when the operation takes place no human nerves could stand it nor with that fiend in possession would he consent to it deep the deepest possible unconsciousness by jove there's that new german drug which appears safe enough and it certainly produces a sleep that comes nearest of all to death it seems to stupefy the very spirit itself hyocampine of course don't tell me you haven't heard of it tasteless too it's a good thing that the criminal classes can't get hold of it well there we are prayer and faith in an almighty power lighten our darkness we beseech thee o lord he does too if our motives are right that's one of the few facts we can be sure about you can run a lot of risks if you utterly believe that suddenly the whole burden of perplexity and anxious thought seemed lifted off his mind i'll go and see reed to-morrow morning he said i believe he will consent when he knows all and you do you want to see the end of it and look on the glory of god come if you like but if you come you must be strung up to the highest pitch of trust and serenity that you are capable of yes do be here you believe that all evil however deadly and powerful is altogether inferior in calibre and fighting power to good also i shall like a friend at my elbow perhaps i oughtn't to urge that as a reason for i don't want any personal feeling to influence you only come if you want to witness the power of god not reed's not mine 
we are nothing at all except mere mossy channels for one moment he paused and i knew that he was wavering himself in the weakness of the flesh but instantly he got hold of himself again there's only one power that can't fail he said hell crashes into fragments against it next morning i got a note from rupert saying that reed consented and asking me to come into his house punctually at half-past two if i had decided to be with him when i arrived i found rupert and frank hampton sitting over their coffee in the study hampton had just drunk his isn't there a home for cats somewhere in battersea he was asking i'll go and find a new one for you as yours appears to have vanished entirely he yawned it's a feeble habit to go to sleep after lunch he said but i really think i shall have a nap i've got an astonishing inclination that way give me half an hour will you and then we'll go down to the cat's home and get a large fat cat i guessed that rupert had already given his cousin the dose of hyocampine and just as the latter was pulling a chair round so that he need not face the light he spoke make a proper job of it frank he said and lie on the sofa one always wakes feeling cramped if one goes to sleep in a chair hampton's eyelids were already drooping but he shuffled heavily across to the sofa all right he mumbled sorry for being so rude mr mr archdale but i must have just forty i wonder why forty and immediately he went to sleep rupert waited a moment but hampton did not stir again then he went out and returned with reed who had been waiting in his bedroom all explanations had already been made and in silence we darkened the room by drawing the thick curtains across the window only a little light came in from their edges but as last night the firelight flickered on the walls then rupert locked the door and we took our places round the table into thy hands o lord we commend our spirits he said before many minutes were over the medium's head dropped forward and after a little struggle he went into trance the spirit of james rolls said rupert in the silence that followed i could hear the slow breathing of hampton as he slept in that remote unconsciousness a chink of light from the window fell full on his face and i could see it very distinctly then i heard him breathing quicker and a shudder passed through him shaking the sofa where he lay his face hitherto serene and quiescent began to twitch he can't wake whispered rupert i gave him the full dose then not from the door at all but from the direction of the sofa there came an icy blast of wind and simultaneously a shattering rap from the table is that james rolls asked rupert three raps answered him then in the name of god said rupert in a loud steady voice come from where you are and be made manifest suddenly hampton began to groan his mouth worked and he ground his teeth together 
a horrible convulsion seized his face a distortion of rending agony like that which sometimes seizes on a dying man whose body clings desperately to the spirit that is emerging from it a rattle and a strangled gulping came from his throat and the foam gathered on his lips it is there that you are james rolls said rupert in a loud voice of exultation in the name of god come out the convulsions redoubled themselves the body writhed and bent like that of a poisoned man then round the face brightest about the mouth there formed a pale greenish light corrupt and awful it began to wreathe itself into lines and curves weaving and intertwining it grew in height like a luminous column built without hands in the darkness it defined itself into human form until in the air just above the recumbent body it stood complete with its emergence the convulsions and the groaning subsided and at the end when this wraith in semblance of a swathed man with face of such murderous cruelty that i shuddered as i looked at it stood fully fashioned and finished the body of frank hampton lay quite still in that sleep which was nearest of all to death then rupert's voice spoke again clear and peremptory and triumphant begone james rolls he cried very slowly the materialized spirit began to move floating like a balloon in an almost windless air slowly it drifted towards us with its eyes fixed on the unconscious medium and alight with awful purpose its mouth curled into some sort of hellish smile it came quite close to him as if sucked there and the edge of its outline began to extend towards him a feeler as of a little whirlpool of water drawn down into a sink till the end of it just touched him in the name of the holiest and by the power of the highest shouted rupert i bid you go to the place that he has appointed for you then i can only describe what happened by saying that some shock blinding deafening overwhelming every sense shook the room it leaped into a blaze of light a thunder of sound rent the air and yet i knew that all this came from within was the echo of the spiritual crisis that raged around us made manifest to the bodily sense and silence as of the frozen polar night succeeded then once again a light began to be built up over hampton's body that lay utterly still beside the curtains it fashioned itself but only very faintly into the outline of a man and this seemed to be drawn inwards and absorbed by that motionless figure we waited till it had disappeared altogether the medium stirred and struggled it is over he said and laid his head on his arms 
rupert got up and drew back the curtains from outside the door came scratchings and whinings and presently he unlocked it and let fifi in she saluted everybody in her exuberant fashion then came to the sofa sniffed and jumped up on it wagging her tail it was not till late in the afternoon that frank hampton came to himself a beautiful spirit looked out of those jolly boyish eyes end of section eight